Chapter seventy six of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swiss Helm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Take final leave of Fredericksburg. I cannot remember if our boat lay at the Fredericksburg wharf one day or two, but she might start any moment, and those who went ashore took the risk of being left, as this was the last boat. The evacuation was almost complete and we waited the result of expeditions to gather up our wounded from field hospitals at the front we were liable to attack at any moment and were protected by a gunboat which lay close alongside there was plenty to do on board but in doing it i must see the piles of stores on the wharf brought there too late to be of service to our wounded and now to be abandoned to the rebels there were certainly one hundred bales of hay which would have more than replaced all that was withheld by the united states bayonets from our own men in their extremity i soon learned after entering fredericksburg that our commissaries were issuing stores without stint to the citizens went and saw them carry off loads of everything there was to give and when those one hundred and eighty-two union soldiers were literally starving in the old theatre union soldiers were dealing out delicacies to rebels while others guarded the meanest article of their property and kept it from our men even when it was necessary to save life i consulted several old sanitary commission men who told me that it was always so when grant was at the front that he was then in absolute command that patrick the provost marshal was his friend and would be sustained and that we must be quiet or we would be ordered out of fredericksburg general grant may have been loyal to the union cause but it has always seemed to me that in fighting its battles he was moved by the pure love of fighting and took that side which could furnish him the most means to gratify his passion for war his generalship was certainly of a kind that would soon have proved fatal to our cause in the war of the revolution and only succeeded in the war of the rebellion because the resources at his command were limitless as compared with those of the enemy it was late in the afternoon when our boat shoved off and as we steamed away we saw the citizens rush down and take possession of the stores left on the wharf during the evening and night we were fired into several times from the shores but these attacks were returned from the gunboat which kept our assailants at such distance that their shots were harmless. We must have no lights that night, and the fires were put out or concealed, that they might not make us a target. So I slept as there was nothing to be done, but in the morning was out early in search of worms, and was having good success, when two richly, fashionably dressed ladies came to tell me there was to be nothing to eat, save for those who took board at the captain's table they had gone to the kitchen to make a cup of tea for a wounded officer and were ignominiously driven off by the cook what was to be done we might be ten days getting to washington i went in search of a surgeon in charge and found one in bed sick waited at his door until he joined me when together we saw the captain of the boat there were two new cook stoves on board but to put one up would be to forfeit the insurance there were plenty of commissary stores. The surgeon went with me, ordered the commissary to give me anything I wanted, and went back to bed. Our stores consisted of crackers, coffee, dried apples, essence of beef, 
and salt pork in abundance a little loaf bread and about half a pound of citric acid of these only the crackers and bread could be eaten without being cooked there were four hundred and fifty wounded men all bad cases all exhausted from privation how many of them would live to reach washington on a diet of crackers and water i went to the cook a large sensible colored woman and stated the case as well as i could after hearing it she said i see how it is but you see all these officers and ladies are going to board with the captain and i'll have a sight of cooking to do i can't have none of those fine ladies coming a-bothering around me carrying off my things or upsetting em but i'll tell you what i'll do i'll hurry up my work and clear off my things then you can have the kitchen you and that young lady that's with you but them women with their hoops and their flounces must stay out of here it was hard to see how two of them would get into that small domain a kitchen about ten feet square half filled up by a cook-stove shelves and the steep narrow open stairs which led to the upper deck but what a kingdom that little kitchen was to me all the utensils leaked but cook helped me draw rags through the holes in the three larges which i was to have and which covered the top of the stove there were plenty of new wooden buckets and tin dippers on board as freight some contraband women and an active little man who had once been a cook's assistant he and the women were glad to work for food he was to help me in the kitchen we worked outside and must not get in the way of the crew they washed dried apples and put them to soak in buckets pounded crackers in bags and put the crumbs into buckets making each one a third full and covering them with cold water i put a large piece of salt pork into my largest boiler added water and beef essence enough to almost fill the boiler seasoned it and as soon as it reached boiling point had it ladled into the buckets with the cracker crumbs and sent for distribution the second boiler was kept busy cooking dried apples into which i put citric acid and sugar for gangrene prevailed among the wounds in the third boiler i made coffee i kept it a soak and as soon as it boiled i put it strong into buckets one-third full of cold water i kept vessels in the oven and on the small spaces on top of the stove my little man fired up like a fire king another man laid plenty of wood at hand and i think that was the only cook stove that was ever run to its full capacity for a week by so running it i could give every man a pint of warm soup and one of warm coffee every twenty-four hours to do this everything must come to time when one piece of pork was cooked it was cut into small pieces and distributed and another put into the boiler during our cooking times i usually sat on the stairs where i could direct and be out of the way and to improve the time often had a plate and cup from which i ate and drank cook always saved me something nice and i made tea for myself i was running my body as i did the cook-stove making it do quadruple duty and did not spare the fuel in either case around each foot below the instep i had a broad firm bandage one above each ankle and one below each knee if soldiers on the march had adopted this precaution they would have escaped the swollen limbs so often distressing i also had each knee covered by several layers of red flannel to protect them while i knelt on damp places 
soon after going into campbell i discovered that muscles around the bone will do double service if held firmly in place and so was enabled in all my hospital work to do what seemed miraculous to the most experienced surgeons i rested every moment i could never stood when i might sit made no useless motions spent no strength in sorrow had no sentiment was simply the engineer of a machine my own body could fall asleep soon as i lay down and wake any moment with my senses all alert outlived my prejudice about china cups and drank tea from brown earthen mugs used for soup and never washed save in cold water often ate from a tin plate with my left hand while my right hand held the stump to prevent that jerking of the nerves which is so agonizing to the patient many a time eating from the same tin plate with my patient and making merry over it and think i must have outstanding engagements to dance cotillions with one hundred one-legged men one day while i sat eating and watching that just enough cans of beef were put into each boiler of broth and no time wasted by letting it stand after reaching boiling point a surgeon asked to see me at the kitchen door he informed me that up on the forecastle some men had had soup twice while those in some other place had had none he evidently wished to be lenient but felt that i had been guilty of great neglect i heard his grievance and said doctor how many of you surgeons are on this boat after some consideration he answered four four surgeons i repeated beside the surgeon in charge who is sick we have four hundred and fifty wounded men i draw all the rations find a way to cook them have them cooked and put into the buckets ready for distribution do you not think that you four could organize a force to see that they are honestly distributed or do you expect me to be in the kitchen up in the forecastle and at the stern on the boiler deck at one and the same time doctor could you not take turns in amusing those ladies could they not spare two of you for duty i heard no more complaints but left miss gray more in charge of the kitchen and did enough medical inspecting to know that i had been unjust some of the surgeons had been on duty and the men were not so much neglected as i had feared as for the ladies i do not know how many there were of them but they were of good social position quite as good as the average of those whose main object in life is to look as much better than their neighbors as circumstances will admit there was on board one of those folks for whose existence christianity is responsible and which sensible hindus reduce to their original elements namely a widow who gets a living by being pious and is respectable through sheer force of cheap finery one who estimates herself by her surroundings and whose every word and look and motion is an apology for her existence she was a dix or paid nurse the lady snubbed her we had no room for her hoops and she spent her time in odd corners taking care of them and her hair and turning up her eyes like a duck in a thunderstorm under the impression that it looked devotional if i had killed all the folks i have felt like killing she would have gone from that boat to her final rest one night about eleven o'clock a strange surgeon who had just come aboard with twenty wounded came to the kitchen door and handed in a requisition for tea and custard and chicken for his men the man told him he could have nothing but cracker broth or coffee he was very indignant and proceeded to get up a scene but the man said firmly can't help it surgeon that's the orders orders whose orders 
i got down from my perch on the stairs came forward and said it is my order sir and i am sorry but this is really all we can do for you if your men have tin cups each one can have a cup of warm soup it will not be very hot or a cup of warm coffee those who get soup will get no coffee and those who get coffee can have no soup you can get tin cups from the commissary and should have them ready so that the food will not cool while i made this statement he stood regarding me with ineffable disdain and when i was through inquired who are you i am the cook the cook he repeated contemptuously i will report your insolence when we reach washington that may be your duty but i will send up the coffee and soup and do you get the tin cups he stamped off in dudgeon and others who heard him were highly indignant but i was greatly pleased to find a surgeon who would get angry and raise a disturbance on behalf of his patients i never knew his name but if this should meet his eye i trust he will accept my thanks for his faithfulness to his charge on the lower deck behind the boilers lay twenty wounded prisoners who at first looked sulky but as i was stepping over and among them one caught my dress and looked up pleadingly and said mother can't you get me some soft bread i can't eat this hard tack he was young scarce more than a boy had large dark eyes a good head tokens of gentle nurture and alas a thigh stump he told me he was of a mississippi regiment and his name willie gibbs i bathed his hot face and said i would see about the bread then went to another part of the deck where our men were very closely packed and stated the case to them there was very little soft bread it was theirs by right what should i do i think they all spoke at once and all said the same words oh mother give the johnnies the soft bread we can eat hardtack i think i was impartial but there was a temptation to give willie gibbs a little more than his share of attention his face was so sad and there was so little hope that he would ever again see those who loved him that i think i did more for him than for any other one on board his companions came to call me mother and i hope felt their captivity softened by my care and often rebel hands supported me while i crouched at work when we approached washington i proposed rewarding the cook for the incalculable service she had rendered but she replied no ma'am i will not take anything from you cept that apron when we get to washington you will not want it any more and i'll keep it all my life to remember you and leave it to my children lord there isn't another lady in the world could have done what you've done and i know you're a lady them women with the fine clothes is trying to pass for ladies but lord i know no lady would dress up that way in a place like this and men know it too just look at you and how you do make them fellers in shoulder straps stand round her observation showed her southern culture for whatever supremacy the north may have over the south southern ladies are far in advance of those of the north in the art of dress a southern lady seldom commits an incongruity or fails to dress according to age whether in the occasion i do not think any one of any social standing would have gone among wounded men with the idea of rendering any assistance tricked out in finery as hundreds if not thousands of respectable northern women did the apron which i gave to my friend the cook was brown gingham had seen hard service and cost originally ten cents and half an hour's hand sewing 
but if it aids her to remember me as pleasantly as I do her, it is part of a bond of genuine friendship. End of chapter 76